from WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio Station. Welcome. I'm Warren Odestulet, and this is A Baha'i Perspective. Welcome to A Baha'i Perspective. I recorded an interview with Kelly Manjazeb on December 3, 2018. Kelly has been seeking solutions to problems related to human sexuality and issues of gender equality over the last three decades. As a social worker and trained sexual health educator, Kelly offers a courageous but compassionate approach to challenging outdated cultural and social norms with special attention to healing from the effects of pornography. Through conversation, storytelling, group and private coaching, Kelly supports people to heal sexual shame so that they can give and receive love more fully. All her work is to nurture a vision of sexual well-being that honors the innate dignity of all people. She recently co-authored a piece on the website BahaiTeachings.org that was entitled, How Porn is Affecting Us and What Can We Do About It? The interview centers around this article. I started the interview by asking Kelly where she grew up and what was religious life like growing up. I call myself a BC girl, a British Columbia girl, because I was born and raised right in the central valley of the Okanagan in a place called Vernon, which is a very small town and then grew up in a little bit bigger town uh, nearby. My immediate family really didn't follow any kind of religion. We were a non-religious family, although my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, was a Christian woman who really lived her faith. She was one of those people in my life that just gave such unconditional love to everyone, and I certainly experienced that. And then her son, my uncle, when he was about 20, came into the Baha'i faith. When I was in my late teens, early 20s, I was investigating things for myself, just asking those questions that, you know, many of us do, just curious about the purpose in life and is there a God and if there's so much suffering in the world, how could there be a God? (laughs) You know, I remember asking those questions. When I talked to my Uncle Jim, he just had these really incredible responses. And he was well-educated in the Christian doctrine and the Bible and was able to answer a lot of my questions that I had. And then just offered this really incredible vision that Baha'u'llah offers us, the founder of the Baha'i Faith, about the future of humanity. And I just found it so incredibly positive, and it made sense to my mind and my heart. And so little by little, I just grew closer to the faith. And when I was about 24, I declared as a Baha'i. But I certainly had to get over kind of um, almost a prejudice towards religion, in fact. You know, I think that's what I grew up with is kind of not a disdain, but a not a very positive (laughs) attitude towards religion. And so that was something I had to grapple with in embracing the faith and being a religious person. 
So I'm speaking to Kelly Manjazeb, registered social worker and sexual health educator. Kelly, you've been seeking solutions to problems related to human sexuality for the last three decades. Mm-hmm. On BahaiTeachings.org, which is a website where folks can write various articles on a certain subject in the context of the Baha'i teachings, you wrote an article along with another Baha'i entitled, How is Porn Affecting Us and What Can We Do About It? In your article, you -hmm. state pornography is a global escalating epidemic one of the major health and social crises of our day. So my question is, how is this epidemic manifesting itself in society? Hmm. Well, that's a great question. I mean, I use a word that another author, I think, coined, and and the word is pornified. How is it manifesting in our society? Well, it's everywhere, and it's impacting so many aspects of our living. I do see many of our social messages have really been pornified, like just truly impacted and influenced by the phenomenon of pornography. It's in everything. It's in our music, our films, our advertising, and certainly the ability to access it really transformed when we got smartphones in our hands. I don't think we really, as a society, really recognized how it would, in a very sneaky, (laughs) silent way, sort of infiltrate our homes. It came right into our homes, right under our noses, and we didn't really even know it was happening. It's very easy to access. The porn industry really doesn't care about the impact that it's having. I like to parallel the porn industry to the tobacco industry, that they have something for sale and it doesn't really matter to them if they cause harm. I do see the porn industry that way as well. So it kind of snuck up on us. What we've found now is that just there are hundreds of thousands of people who are dealing with the effects of porn, whether in a great or small way. I don't think uh, many of us living in today's world have been unimpacted by it, whether to a large or small degree. I wrote the article because Suzanne Alexander, she's my co-author with this article, she called me and asked me to work with her on some content related to like a Baha'i perspective on human sexuality. And so I worked with her on developing some content around that for the Wilmette Institute, which is a Baha'i online educational platform. They offer courses and seminars that are wonderful in all kinds of different areas or different topics. And she works in the field of family life and oversees that department with the Wilmed Institute. So she had contacted me and we had done this work together and we were working well together. The topic of porn had come up because both of us as counselors and coaches related to family life, we were getting approached by Baha'i individuals and and couples who were dealing with the effects of porn, and we really felt it was important to address it. And so we wrote this article together, much to our surprise, actually. I mean, I, I was quite overwhelmed with the response. 
they had had over 10,000 shares on Facebook, this one particular article, and over 90,000 views. The Baha'iteachings.org is a platform that many people of all different backgrounds are interested in, the articles there. So it's not just a Baha'i audience, it's a broader audience as well. And the article really got some traction. So to me, that shows that this is an issue. This is an issue for people. And it's not an easy one to address and approach. So I think it's really important that we have a very compassionate understanding when we're dealing with this issue. So I'm speaking with Kelly Manjazeb, registered social worker and sexual health educator. And we're talking about an article that she co-wrote on a website called Baha'iteachings.org entitled, How is Porn Affecting Us and What Can We Do About It? And Kelly, in this article, you state that over time, people have become desensitized to its influence. How does one see this in society? I think we see it largely with our younger generations, like humor and language. If we look and are observant, we can really see that there's been a shift. There's a lack of dignity or propriety that used to exist. It seems to have sort of been eroded. And it's not the fault of this generation. It's just what they're surrounded with. And it's what they see and what they hear and what their friends are finding funny and everything. So it becomes just an approach or a way of seeing things that I think parents or adults of different generations might find quite alarming. And we do have a bit of a generation gap. I mean, people of all ages can be affected by pornography, but the younger generations are certainly far more influenced because they've gone through their puberty and adolescence having experienced seeing pornography online. Pornography online is a whole lot different than what used to be like a Playboy magazine or a Hustler magazine because of the sheer volume and the content and the types of pornography that can be accessed. It is far more intense and far more influential than what it used to be. So it's kind of apples and oranges. We can't compare what pornography used to be prior to the onset of the internet. I'm speaking with Kelly Manjazeb, registered social worker and sexual health educator, and we're talking about the effect of pornography in society. So how does a steady diet of pornography affect the individual? Yeah, well, it affects attitudes and beliefs and identity as a male or as a female, like who they are as a sexual being and behavior, because human sexuality is largely socially constructed, if we can think about that concept for a moment. If you look at any point in history around the world and look at human sexuality or human behavior at that time, you'll see that it varies and it is different depending on the day in which people are living and what's popular at that time. We take on whatever's in our culture and then we think that those are our preferences, but they're not really. They're what society is telling us our preferences or what's beautiful or what's sexy and so on. 
we can see that the culture of pornography has very much affected. And, and luckily, there are now studies coming out that are very interesting and really do show us the effects both on the individual, on our relationships, and on society. And in the article, we suggest a really wonderful website that helps us to educate ourselves about the effects of pornography. And the website is called Fight the New Drug. Org. And then they also have come out with a more current website that's called brainheartworld.org. And that's exactly what its intention is, is to identify how pornography affects the brain, how it affects our heart or our relationships, and how it affects the world. And in terms of the world, there's very strong evidence that human trafficking and pornography are very much linked together. We really can't separate out those two phenomenons in our society. Those are great resources for people to educate themselves. So I'm speaking with Kelly Manjazeb, registered social worker and sexual health educator. And we're talking about the effect of pornography on society and the individual. And in the article in Baha'iTeachings.org, and this is related to what you were saying about the studies on the brain, it stated that high-speed pornography has a negative effect on the brain. I have two questions there. What do you mean by high-speed porn? And the second question is, what is its negative effects on the brain? I'm old school when it comes to the internet and computers and everything. But what I know about high-speed internet is what we have right at our fingertips one image after the other, after the other, after the other. And the fact that we can just spend hours and hours and hours searching and surfing the internet, there is absolutely no shortage. I mean, I don't have statistics at my fingertips, but it's really, really astonishing the amount of pornography that's downloaded each and every day. Like, it's really stunning to do that research. So for an individual person... If they begin a habit of watching pornography on a regular basis, there's a concept of the brain's neurons firing together and wiring together. And this is right in the article that regular porn use over time rewires the arousal pathways in the brain. It triggers a release of dopamine that gives us a feeling of excited pleasure so the more one watches porn and gets that dopamine hit, along with sexual arousal, the more that activity becomes wired into the brain. And so what I discovered in my research, I was very alarmed by this, but it makes a lot of sense when you consider these type of issues that are happening, is that we have, I am sure, for the, I mean, I'm assuming for the first time in the history of humanity, we have young men that are dealing with erectile dysfunction. Now, that is not something typical for a young person. We find it in older men because of the aging process, but not in young men. But we're finding that like on a scale. And so what they've discovered is that the young men have connected porn and masturbation rather than to a live sexual partner. So when they're together with someone, their brain is not conditioned to have that arousal response. And so 
that's obviously very alarming to these young men and their partners. So this is an example of what we're actually dealing with. Like this is really impacting the lives of individuals and it happens in the privacy of their home and in their life. Again, it's not an easy subject to address, but thankfully the awareness is growing and we are becoming more and more, and that's the work I do partly is to raise awareness and to really support people to get help and work through these issues because people can come back to a healthy attitudes and and a healthy relationship with sex and sexuality. But it does take some conscious attending to it and really understanding and educating ourselves and recognizing individually, like, how have I been impacted? Like really taking a look, like stepping back and, and taking a look, like what has the impact been? And it can be a bit alarming. I do find that people who've watched a lot of pornography, there's a moment where they say to themselves, oh my gosh, like I've been duped, you know, it's like all of this stuff I thought was okay and healthy really isn't. And wow, it's having an impact. So there's kind of an awakening moment, I find. But I feel encouraged because I think more and more, especially young people are awakening to the effects and are becoming champions of healthy relationships and sexuality. So that's exciting to think about is that young people can really claim that for themselves and take a stand around pornography. I'm speaking with Kelly Manjaseb, registered social worker and sexual health educator. And we're talking about the effects of pornography on the individual and society. Now, in the article that you co-wrote in BahaiTeachings.org, you had made eight suggestions for people who have someone they care about that mm-hmm. may be addicted to porn. And I was wondering if you could go over those eight suggestions. Sure. I'm just going to go back a little bit, a paragraph before I go over those points, because I think this is a really important issue and I would like to just mention it, which is pornography is often viewed as a personal moral failure. So especially people who are religious or who maybe have a partner that's religious or who are themselves, it can be even more of a burden for them if they're struggling with it. And anger or contempt are often directed towards the one that's been caught using. And the user can experience even deeper shaming and kind of pull back rather than stepping forward for help. They can pull back even more. What I find, it's really essential and helpful to understand and appreciate that people who are dealing with have been emotionally lured and sexually wounded by the powerful world of internet pornography. It is high impact. It is addiction causing. I mean, there is a moral issue to it in the way that it has a step out of kind of like a spiritual center or a spiritual integrity, I like to say. So in that way, it's a moral issue. It takes us out of our spiritual center, but it's really helpful to see that this is a social 
phenomenon. It's like a disease. In fact, I see it as a part of the disease of materialism, which the Baha'i faith talks about. And I think this is one aspect of it, is that pornography looks at people as bodies and as objects rather than as spiritual beings. And it's really helpful if people are dealing with this or have someone in their life dealing with this, that we take a compassionate approach and see that this snuck up on us <laughs> and they know how to grab our attention. If you can just imagine that a young teenage boy on the internet gets a glimpse of or gets lured in by some clickbait or a friend saying, hey, look at this. You know, they are wired to be sexually interested and they're curious. And so it's really easy to go down that rabbit hole, but it does have an addictive nature and we do need to separate out the morality of this in order to address it as a social issue that's impacting us on every level. So that's the first thing I want to say is to do our best. I mean, it's difficult, but, you know, to work towards a non-judgmental and curious conversation about how pornography is shaping our culture and the effects it's having on us. So I just want to share something of my own experience when I don't know, I guess I was in my 20s and I was beginning to study this. This was many, many years ago now, but I was beginning to study it and I was so angry. I was so angry at men, at people who used porn, made porn, the pornographers themselves. I just thought angry isn't even the right word. It's like incensed and like I had rage almost like I was just so angry because I just felt like women were being so objectified and it was so degrading and demeaning. And so I just had this really strong emotional response to it. From that point, like from standing in that place, I could see now that I had a certain approach to it. You know, I was like against pornography. And I'm sure anyone who may at that time, if I had a conversation with me, I don't know if I would have had much positive influence, even if they were struggling with it, because I was very judgmental. I was coming from a, a very judgmental place. It wasn't until a number of years later, now I was doing my own work around my own sexual healing at the time, like human sexuality has just been a topic of fascination for me. It kind of was right around the time I was coming into the faith, actually. I was also dealing with this issue in my own life of healing myself. When I came into the faith and I began to see myself as a spiritual being, I asked myself a very central question that I really followed through for a long time and got some answers for myself. And that was like, well, if I'm a spiritual being, then how does this being a sexual being, like, how do I do that? How do I combine being a sexual and spiritual person? Because before that, I hadn't considered myself a spiritual being. And that's what I went about discovering is like how to harmonize, how to combine those two aspects of our living and our, and our being. 
I found some solutions for myself and I share those with others now. But going back to this transformation I had around my attitude, and it really was having boys. So I have three children, two boys and a girl. There was a moment when I I really saw, oh my gosh, like our young people are being impacted. And it's not them personally, like they are swimming in this world and they're getting all these messages and their sexuality is almost being hijacked by pornography. And then I just all of a sudden started to see it differently. It's like I'm seeing men differently who are impacted by it. I'm seeing young people, how they're being impacted. And I even got some perspective on the phenomenon itself. It's like the tobacco industry. If we see it that way, then we can begin to have some control, I guess, and some choice around how we're engaging with it or not, what our attitudes are. Because if we don't have a compassionate approach where people can address this issue, then it just keeps going underground and people don't get the healing they need. We really do need to create a safe space between us, whether it's a child and a parent, whether it's a couple whether it's a friend, you know, because pornography, Warren, does not discriminate. It really can and does impact people of all ages, all faiths, all traditions, all, it, it, it really doesn't matter. We're not immune. My position is it's, it's an issue we need to address, and it's an issue that we need to bring forward for discussion in our homes, in our families, in our relationships and begin to turn the tide in terms of working towards a healthier model and a healthy attitude towards sexuality and have it be a more normalized conversation in families. Sexuality is part of who we are as human beings. As parents begin to have more comfort in having those discussions, which I think is happening. So the point I wanted to make was and illustrated by my own example of going from a very judgmental stance, because it is very alarming and it is very upsetting, to one of compassion. And I just really invite people to consider how they may do that if they're finding themselves on the judgmental side of things. I think a lot of that transformation you're talking about is encapsulated in those eight suggestions. Yeah. I'll go over them now. So these are some steps and ideas to take if you or someone you care about is grappling with the effects of pornography is number one, to know that you're not alone in having sexual challenges and struggles. I mean, I don't think we get through life without dealing with some challenging aspect of sex in our life. Pornography happens to be one that can really impact, you know, marriages fall apart because of pornography. People become depressed and so on. So it's just you're not alone. So recognize that. And then to realize that recovery from the effects of pornography is possible, including healing of the brain. There's some really interesting research coming out now about the elasticity of the brain. There's very encouraging studies showing that 
recovery from the effects of pornography on the brain is possible. You know, I've said this throughout the interview here to recognize that everyone has been impacted to some degree by unhealthy sexual messaging, to make a personal decision to discover what sexual well being means for you. What I mean by that is what I mentioned earlier. In order to create the kind of connection and intimacy and positive sexual experience, people want in their lives, it does require us to get conscious about what does that even mean? What does it look like? And to begin to do that exploration for oneself. And then if you're in a couple, to explore what that is for you as a couple. And it's unique for everyone. This concept of sexual well-being I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. When I used to use it years ago, people say, what do you mean sexual well-being? <laughs> and, I, and it was just like, well, exactly what it sounds like. It's like what's needed for people to be well with themselves around sex. My view is that we need to have our behavior be aligned with our spiritual nature, with our emotions. Mentally, it's like a holistic approach. We can't just talk about human sexuality, I don't think, without talking about our spiritual nature, because they impact each other. Begin to discover what that is for you. The next one here is to begin sharing honestly with a trusted person. So this could be a family member, a friend, or a professional but to stay silent and to be alone with it, that can be a very lonely place. The moment you begin to speak about it is the moment you begin to turn the tide on this. In sharing of it, you're declaring like, hey, this is a problem, or I don't want this, or I might need help, or I've been impacted, you know, whatever you might want to share. To begin to be honest about it is the first step towards healing. And then educate yourself about the effects of pornography. And again, I'll mention fightthenewdrug.org and thebrainheartworld.org. Then there's having compassionate conversations in your family about healthy sexuality and relationships and the challenges that we face. Because of the Me Too movement, it's been really incredible. I mean, there certainly is a dialogue happening now that we weren't having before. There's lines in the sand that are very clearly marked now, like the tolerance for any kind of abusive behavior has really dropped. And so the awareness has gone up. But again, my concern is if there's not a compassionate approach and we're in reactivity, there can be harm done even in our dealing with it. I don't know. We've never done this before. <laughs> like we're in a new era right now of how to mature ourselves, how to, and that's another idea that the Baha'i Faith offers that I love so much that I like to apply to human sexuality is just the maturing process. The Baha'i teachings tell us that collectively as a humanity that we're coming out of our adolescence and into maturity. And just like an individual, we go through these different stages of development through infancy, childhood, adolescence, and and adulthood, and that we're collectively coming into our maturity. We're coming out of adolescence. 
And so we're not there yet. We're immature. And having that understanding can also help us have compassion as well. So we're moving towards a sexual maturation. And we haven't done this before. Neither have we created world peace before (laughs) or dealt with the global issues of the environment we're having. So we're all in this together. But if we see pornography as a social issue that we're collectively impacted by, then each person who does their healing work and works towards a more mature framework of human sexuality that really supports the well-being of the individual and the family, I believe that's a contribution to the whole. So it's really important work that we do. It's, it's important to address these issues. So lastly on the list is don't be alone with this issue if you are struggling. Do find help and support. On Fight the New Drug, when they first started a few years back ago, Warren, they had such a onslaught of people saying, hey, I need help, I need help, that they developed a program called Fortified, and it's free to young people, and I think adults pay sort of a minimal, it's it's not that much. It's a program that people can go through that is supportive and it's educational You join a community of people who are committed and dedicated to working towards healthier sexuality in their life. So there is help out there, just not to be alone with it. I got trained in a body of work called the Virtues Project, which I'm sure you're familiar with, Warren, that came out, you know, 30 years ago when I got trained in it early on. It offers us this beautiful perspective about who we are fundamentally as human beings. And that is we are what's inside of us, qualities of the soul, I like to say, which is like kindness and courtesy and respect and integrity, determination, love, passion, and on and on. When they did this project, they came up with over 300 of these qualities when they did the research in the sacred scriptures of the world. For me, it is this nature that gives us hope for overcoming and dealing and healing with any social issue that we're confronted with. When we're dealing with pornography, we can call on this higher nature that we have. We can call on our compassion, our determination, our love, our desire to have peace within us and within our relationships, to be respectful in our relationships. Like all of these qualities is really what will pull us out when we act from this place within us and we strive towards them as something of value then we pull ourselves up and out of this mire (laughs) that we're in. That's really how I see it. So I feel very optimistic because I believe in the healing and the transformative power that human beings have to transform their reality into something new. And it's through that nature that we can call on and stand in to transform this and to have our experience and our relationships be quite unrecognizable 
from what they were before. So I'm speaking with Kelly Manjazeb, registered social worker and sexual health educator, and we're talking about the effects of pornography on society and on the individual. So Kelly, you were just talking about how our higher nature can help us transform, but I'm also thinking that for those who believe that there is one greater than themselves, and in yes. the Baha'i faith we've referred that to God, but God is just mm-hmm. a name, and when yes. often the Baha'i faith we refer to it as the unknowable essence. So we have also this creator greater than ourselves that can also yes. assist us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. For those who believe in this power greater than ourselves, all these qualities that we have, the Baha'i teachings, I believe all of the sacred scriptures have this concept of this higher nature that we have identified as being what's reflected in us of this unknowable essence, relying on that connection and the capacity that that higher nature has to nurture us that way when we turn towards it. And that's another thing I'll say is that, and this was in my own life and the people that I work with, that there's a sense of shame has been very much attached to our sexuality. And shame is a block that prevents us from giving and receiving love, both to one another, but also to receive the love of God. And so that's another very good reason (laughs) that healing ourselves when it comes to human sexuality is very crucial to our spiritual well-being. Because if we have shame, if we're carrying shame, that can essentially block us from turning towards that healing power. We tend to turn away from it when we're feeling shame. So these issues, I believe, can be catalysts to strengthening our spiritual relationship with whatever we understand that higher power to be. Another way of talking about addictions is attachment. And attachment is talked about, again, through all the sacred texts. Part of our purpose of living is to become free, become free of those attachments. And so I think these epidemics of addictions we have is actually a beautiful opportunity for us to become free in this world, heal ourselves of these attachments or addictions that we may be dealing with. And yes, absolutely, turning to the God of our understanding or the higher power to guide us, to heal us. The Baha'i teachings refer to God as the divine physician. Certainly we can turn towards that for our healing in all areas of our life. You know, these very dark subjects like sexual violence and human trafficking and pornography, they're very dark. Perhaps we could look at them as areas of darkness that light has not yet reached. And when we look with a spiritual eye, we are encouraged to face these difficulties with hope and determination. So I'm speaking with Kelly Manjazeb registered social worker and sexual health educator. So Kelly, how can folks reach you or what resources do you have that people can go to to help with this issue? 
I am a sexual wellness coach and I work with people globally, actually, long distance. And my website is called Spirit First Seminars. And you could also find me on Facebook under the same name, Spirit First Seminars. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you, Warren. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kelly Monjazeb, social worker and trained sexual health educator. You can find Kelly's work at her website, spiritfirstseminars.com. I'll post a link to our website on my website, abahaiperspective.com, where you can also find this interview and other interviews. You can also find this interview on my YouTube channel, A Baha'i Perspective. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching for A Baha'i Perspective. For information specifically on the Baha'i faith, you can go to the website baha'i.org or you can call the number 1-800-22-UNITE. I hope you'll join me next time on A Baha'i Perspective. Stay by, they made me beautiful prayers. Strive that your actions day by day may be beautiful prayers. Turn towards God and seek always to do that which is right.
And I pray for the world to break away from hate and arrogance Science is advanced but the soul is old carriages Lost in the music till I found a glimpse Of this spiritual map like a round of fists Now I hear the voice and I love the sound of it You see the promised one has come, we're all surrounded by his countenance Searching 
through this earth for a truth that was concealed I found it in the words that Baha'u'llah revealed I've walked on so many different paths and been to so many different places I've learned so many different lessons but seen so many similar faces But it all fades to blackness when I fail to get the practice that I need to be the spiritual being you've seen in me since back when I was walking all alone Talking like I built this home when it was the carpenter who made it all alone Praise God, I need to redefine my life, I'm living so raw Cause the flame of separation has consumed my heart I'll follow you, my Lord, I'm ready to do my part I'm ready to do your will, so here I am, my God For the flame of separation from thee, from thee Hath melted my heart within me For the flame of separation from thee, from thee Hath melted my heart within me Thoughts must be lofty, your elders luminous, your mind spiritual, that your souls may become a dawning place for the sun of reality. Let your hearts be like unto two pure mirrors. Reflecting the stars of the heaven, love and beauty. Be like two sweet singing birds, perched upon the highest branches of the tree of life. In the air with songs of love and rapture Be like two sweet singing birds Pledged upon the highest branches of the tree of life Filling the air with songs of love and rapture
This is WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio station, streaming at www.valleyfreeradio.org.